Come on, why don't we put our hands together and just give God praise today? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, let's, let's play that video. How many of you are glad we're going about to have a house full? Come on, let's play it. All throughout the scriptures, every place you find that God builds a house, his house has been created with a specific purpose and a plan in mind. He did not create his house to be barren, deserted. He did not create his house to be devoid, hollow, vacant. He did not create his house to be uninhabited, unoccupied, and he did not create his house to be empty. No, every house that bears his name, bears his name for one reason, because he has a purpose to fill that house. Full of what? Full of power, full of purpose, full of people, but most of all, full of his presence. However, he cannot feel what is not his. We have decided that we're not going to make room for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gets to have the room. Holy Spirit, you have the room. We're not making room. You have the whole room. It's yours. Somebody who gives God the whole room, just give him praise right now. Every room, every nook, every cranny, every place, every shadowy place, we make room for you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. We don't lock you in a box and we're not putting you in a position. No, you are high and be enthroned in the praises of your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Fill this place, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have the room. It belongs to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, turn with me to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John. And while you're turning there, I just want you to pray for the preacher now. This is the fourth sermon I've preached in 48 hours. But I got enough on reserve. Hallelujah. I just felt my reserve tank kick in. That's called the anointing, just in case you were wondering. I felt that thing kick in. And there's enough in there left. I'm going to sleep real good to this afternoon. Hallelujah. But right now, I feel a word on the inside of me. And I want you to know that we fought some warfare in that first service. And the good news about going through warfare is no matter what the weapon is, I know that we win. So I believe we broke through some things in that first service so you could walk in a victory that we were fighting for. Somebody say amen. The Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 12. The Gospel of John, chapter number 12. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. It's one of my favorite. As a matter of fact, you could preach this text in about nine different ways. You could, you could have an entire series with just this text. And, and I feel prompted to the Holy Spirit just to, just to lock in to, to what this is as we read it in, in the Gospel of John, chapter number 12. We're going to pick up in verse 1, read seven, chap seven, seven chapters. We're going to read seven verses. <laughs> And then we're going to jump in on it. Here it is. As we, in the series, Full House. Here we go. John chapter 12, verse 1. And then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Next time we go to Israel, we're going here. Where Lazarus, who has been dead, who had been dead, whom he had been raised from said death. They're in the house where Lazarus is now living. They're in the city of Bethany, and they're in the house where Lazarus is living, who, he had, who had been raised from the dead. Watch this. And there they made him, speaking of Jesus, a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Mark that. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Watch this. And the house was Filled with the fragrance of oil. Interesting. Verse number four. 
But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why is this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Mm. Why was this not given to the poor? And then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. And Jesus said, let her alone. Now, that's country, y'all. Let her alone. Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Now, I heard this in the first service, and I just can't get away from it right here. I heard the Lord say in the first service, I wasn't ready for it. He said that there was a letter alone coming to somebody today. That you've been, you've been ridiculed, you've been pushed down, you've been slept over to the side, you've been told to sit down, you've been told to shut up, you've been told your value is not a lot, but the Lord tell you good news, good news, today is a letter alone day. That there is a let him alone day. That the boss has been on you, the, the, the things have been on you, the people have been on you, but there's a let alone, let her alone day coming to somebody today. Amen. Amen. Here we go. I, 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 we're going to focus in on verse number three today, and I've subtitled this message in the series, Full House. Watch this. What's that smell? Now, I've been preaching a youth conference for the last two days with a bunch of smelly teenagers. And as a matter of fact, our school of ministry students, they're there now. They're doing worship, and some of our worship team doing ministry. We, uh, Vince and I got home about 1245, 1 o'clock this morning, and, and, and we left them there to do ministry. And if you've been around teenagers at all, if you've had a middle school student at all, you know that there is an aroma. It smells like a bag of Funyuns has been drunk with pickle juice. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There is a sour that comes. Mm, what's that smell? I've been with teenagers. If this was a student ministry, youth event, I would say, he who smelt it. Okay, y'all know that too. Okay. What's that smell? What's that smell? What is that smell? This passage of scripture is so intriguing to me, and when I get to heaven, I'm going to sit down with Mary. Because I really want to understand the significance and, and, the, and the atmosphere of the moment, the climate that she was in. Because she did things that nobody else was doing in the room and and she was willing to go beyond and do all these kinds of things and and she had an intentionality and a a focus on Jesus in spite of everything else that was happening in the in the in the room and and it's interesting to me the context of the scripture here it is you ready is is there they're sitting at the table with Jesus oh you thought there was something else they're sitting at the table with Jesus. Yeah, see, that's the problem in the church today. Is we have become, we have raised a generation that is unimpressed by the awesomeness of God. Somewhere along the way, we've lost the awe of who he is. Somewhere along the way, we have become unimpressed with the things we used to be impressed by. Isn't it interesting that we have lost the awesomeness? Listen, when I was raised in church all my life, and we had this thing called the sanctuary. Uh Uh-oh. We had this thing called the sanctuary. And let me tell you what was in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary was a ghost. And he was not just any kind of ghost. I'm not talking about Casper, the friendly one. I'm talking about a scary one that was holy. 
that was so holy that if you said the wrong thing in the sanctuary, they strike you, God strike you dead. That you didn't, we had, oh God, we had this thing at the front of the, uh, the sanctuary called a communion table. And let me tell you, you didn't touch the communion table. You didn't mess with the communion table because that's the only time you touch it is when you come up to commune with the Lord. And if you tried to commune casually, God would strike you dead. I remember as a young man going into the church, and, and my mom and my dad, my, my mom did the bulletins, and my dad was the worship leader at the time, and, 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 and they would come in and they would say, they would leave me outside. And I believe that they knew that I was really struggling with some stuff as a kid. So they would send me into the sanctuary by myself at night. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, God have mercy. I'm not going in there. There's a ghost in there. It's dark in there. I would come in and I'd be shaking. Oh, God, don't strike me dead. I know I lied to my mama about my grades. Oh, oh God, don't strike me dead. I was making fun of the teacher behind her back. Oh, God, don't strike me. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Because I was scared to death. I was going to go to hell. And he was going to strike me dead. And they were going to bury me right behind so I would come into the sanctuary, and, and I would get in, and I would open the door, and then and you'd be fumbling around in the dark, because they didn't have security lights in the old church. So I'd be fumbling around in the dark, and listen, I'd finally get to the lights. I'd flip every doggone light that we had. I'd flip the lights in the bathroom, in the foyer, on the front row. I'd turn the doggone lights on on the stage. I would turn, I'd be clapping on and clapping off on everything, y'all, because I didn't want to be in one area of the darkness, because it was in that darkness. That's probably where the Holy Ghost was, and I was afraid I was going to go to hell. I was not going to pass go. And I was not going to collect $200. He was going to drag me straight. I remember when I was in seasons of my teenage years of sin. I didn't want to go to church. Because I knew if I went to church, the presence of the Lord was going to pursue me. Now we can live like hell. We can act like hell. And we have no problem because we're not afraid of heaven invading because we have our church face and and then we have our real face and, and I really believe that the reason why is because somewhere along the way we realized we know God we, you know God you've been saved for 15 minutes and you know God You've been saved for 15 years, and you know God? You've been saved for 50 years, and you know God. You have read this book from cover to cover every year, and you've got perfect attendance in your church. And because you've read this book cover to cover, and you've had perfect attendance in the church, we walk around casual like we know God. Let me tell you something. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been in the faith. We have only scratched the surface at the majesty, the awesomeness, the sovereignty of who he is. The reason why angels cry holy, holy, holy 24 hours a day, seven days a week is because every place they fly, they see a new realm of who God 
God is. And the only response is, he's holy over here. He's holy over here. He's holy over here. And they can't get away to familiarize themselves because he is ever expanding in his awesomeness. But we know him. You don't even know the kids that live in your house. But you know God. Your kids still shock you with what they do. But we know God. I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, that because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, we think we get to sit down too. How casual we have become in entering into the presence of a living, loving Savior. No. That casualty breeds something and is called convenience. So now coming to the presence of the Lord is all a matter of convenience. I don't want to drive that far. I don't want to drive that far, not when I can watch it. And you live a mile and a half away. I don't want to drive that far. I know the glory of the Lord shows up, but it's so inconvenient. I have to wait until 1.30 to eat lunch. It's 2.30 for me. Oh, I'm hitting nerves now. I can feel it right here. Y'all the dummies that come to 11 o'clock. You know I have to be out by 11 at the 9. So it's a matter of convenience. I, we can't go to church this Sunday. The game was on too late. I gave all of my energy to my deer stand. Come on, come on. We say stupid things, you ready? Here, here's the, the stupid things. Well, I'm not going to go today. God knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. That's why I'm going to watch it in my pajamas. And you're watching it and the TV and your kids. Come on, and trying to cook. Come on. And you're in the bathroom. It's my fourth sermon. I'm tired, y'all. Because now it fits on our convenience list. He fits on our matter of convenience list. Uh, God knows my heart. Listen, I was going to give him the offering, but I got Christmas coming. The Lord knows my heart. Listen, I was going to serve. I was going to serve, but they asked me to serve in two services. The Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows my heart. <laughs> They asked me to serve in Judah Kids, and the last time I was there, you preached till 1.15. <laughs> so decline, the Lord knows my heart. 
How casual. Because he's sitting at the table, we think we should too. It is amazing to me how we have become unimpressed by what we used to be enamored by. We become unimpressed by what he, we used to be enamored by. Do you remember those days? We would get saved and we'd be like, oh my God, we got saved. We're no longer going to hell. We're now going to heaven. And we see somebody else get saved and we're like, ah, yeah, you go, boy. You go, girl. And now we're like, oh, somebody got saved today. We watch somebody get delivered and be like, ah, I remember when he delivered me. Good God, break that chain. Let that thing happen over there. Oh, God, they're delivered. Thank you, Jesus. Now they get delivered. We're like, I wish that had happened about 20 minutes ago. What we used to be enamored by, we're now unimpressed with. It's kind of like marriage. The thing that once attracted you to them is now expected of them. Hmm. Because we have become casual. Listen to me. This is why you and I must focus in on being a worshiper. The only thing we can give God of value is our worship. I'm not talking about our song because you can sing a song and not worship. I'm not talking about our talent because you can be talented and not worship. I'm not talking about our hands because you can lift your hands and not worship. I'm not talking about your money because you can give your money and not worship. But when I use my money to worship, when I use my hands to worship, when I use my talents to worship. Everything I do is a display of the value that he is to my life. Hear me today. Worship is premeditated. You decided before you ever got in your car whether you were checking the convenience box or you were really going to enter in today. And the overwhelming majority of the house comes out of convenience Versus focus to not be in the house where he is, but be at the place where he sits. I need you to hear me today. What you pursue, you will worship. This is what I've learned in 45 years of living. That what I pursue, I'll end up worshiping. If I'm pursuing that skirt, I will worship that skirt. If I pursue that paycheck, I will worship. That, that paycheck will get all of my attention. It will get my best effort. Listen to me. What you pursue, you will w begin to worship. And what you worship will eventually become your God. And the good news is, if you worship something that's your God, then your money better save you. Your money better heal you. That side chick better, you don't hear what I'm saying. That relationship better do something for you. No, no. You have to reserve that for the one thing that can heal, deliver, restore, renew. You hear what I'm saying today? That our focus and our worship and our pursuit must be on Him, not just coming to church and checking a box. Worship. Interesting. Worship is comprised of two words in the Hebrew and also the Greek, worth and ship. My worship is the vehicle, the ship, the, the vehicle by which I express value. When I worship, I'm using it as the vehicle that I express value to the one I'm worshiping. It is the how behind the what. That when I worship the Lord, I'm saying you're valuable to me.
When I worship the Lord, I'm telling him, this is how valuable, here's my hands. This is how valuable, here's my voice. This is how valuable, here's my money. This is how valuable, here's my presence. This is how valuable, here's my joy. This is how valuable, here's my tears. This is how valuable, I'm giving you a dance. This is how valuable, I'm on my face before you. I'm expressing his value. It is the manner in which I give him what he really wants. It's so important to him that the Bible says that he's seeking after people who will give value to the Lord. And here we have this woman in verse 3 named Mary. Interesting. They're, They're all sitting casually at the table, but there's this woman named Mary who does something that creates a fragrance that fills the house. Interesting. There was a fragrance. Do you know how you find out there's a fragrance? Is when you use your nose. Most of us are using our nose trying to sniff out the wrong stuff. While the person beside of us has their hands lifted, we're checking them for body odor. We come, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We come into the house of the Lord, something doesn't smell right with that pastor. Something doesn't smell right with that worship team. Something doesn't smell right with that intercessor. Something doesn't smell right with that youth. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We, we, we sitting around trying to smell each other's armpit to find the funk in the room. When what we should be trying to find is the fragrance of worship. Your nose is an interesting thing because your <clears throat> the, the five senses, the, the smell and the taste are what's known as chemical senses. <clears throat> They're chemical senses. Okay, let, let me take you to class real quick. You ready? That, that my nose and my taste are connected with each other more so than any other of the other senses. They call them chemical senses because, watch this, in order for them to be activated, there is something that is outside of them that has to carry a fragrance that will then drift into their nose or their taste buds. Um, in your nose is a nerve called the olfactory nerve, OL factory nerve, the olfactory nerve. And in order for your nose to be activated, for you to smell something, your, your olfactory nerve has to be activated by a chemical that is outside of you that now comes inside of you. It's very easy for you to understand because when you go and eat at a restaurant or somebody tries to give you something that you don't know if you want to eat, or not, the first thing you do is because if it doesn't smell right, am I right about it? If it smells funky, can I, can I, can I, can I, you want to tell yes. anybody ever cooked for you and you wondered? Come on, anybody ever cook for you and you wonder? I'm about to tell on myself. You don't want me to tell? I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell on myself. Listen, as a pastor, I get a lot of people who cook for me. My fat problems are really your issues. I'm praying for you, well good, keep that key lime pot to yourself. Hallelujah. But that's, oh God, have mercy. I'm gonna say it. 
<sighs> Don't do it, I'm going to do it anyway. But there are some people. <laughs> there are some people that cook and you're like, Because you're not sure. That's when you pray and fast for three days. If they're going to watch you take a bite. Hallelujah. Because you're not sure. So, when, oh God, have mercy. I'm going to say it anyway. So when I get things like that, the first thing I do is I look at the character of the one who brought said gift. And then I smell it. And if I'm not sure what secret sauce you have in your recipe, that joker will not get to my mouth. Hallelujah. But then you know what's going to happen. They come up and they go, Pastor, did you enjoy? And now i got to figure out how not to lie. How in the world am I not going to go to hell because I didn't eat that? And now you asking me how it tastes. So here's what I've learned in almost 20 years of ministry. You ready? I rub my stomach. And I go, mmm. Stuff like that don't stay long at my house. Mmm. Mmm. Stuff like that don't stay long in my house. Ooh. Mm. Now, if I've ever said that to you, I apologize. <clears throat> I was looking through the room, but I can't see who's watching online. But if I ever said to you, mm, <laughs> things like that don't stay long in my house. She's my cupbearer, hallelujah. <laughs> She's the cupbearer. She'll taste it to make sure it's not poison. <laughs> okay. Because, let me get back. Because your nose and your taste buds, in order for them to be activated, it's got to go inside of you. That's why be careful when somebody says something smells bad and then you go. Because what you did is you brought that particle Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Now you are tasting what's been dealt. You didn't know there was dissension in the church. But because they said, did you smell that? You went. And all of a sudden now you smell the stench of that dissension. They, they didn't know anything. They just thought everybody on the worship team had it all together. And they actually loved the Jesus they were singing about. But then they looked at you and went, did you smell what happened in their relationship? And all of a sudden you go. And now you get it on the inside of you, and now you smell what was bitten. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. At some point, you got to guard your nose, and you got to make sure that the only thing that gets in is the fragrance that the Spirit of the Lord wants to have. Uh, she broke open her worship, and the fragrance filled the room. Look at verse number two. The Bible says that Jesus is sitting at the table. He's at supper and all the disciples are gathered together with him. Let me hurry now. All of the disciples are gathered together with him. 
And they're all seated. There's Peter, there's James, there's John, there's Mark. There's all these great mighty people who've seen all of this stuff. And Jesus is seated right there at the table. And they're all chilling with him. Because since Jesus sat down, I should be able to as well. I want you to understand how casual they are when they're approached to the master. They have no idea that they're only going to be able to be with him for three and a half years. And now it's almost the end of said three and a half years and he's about to be taken. He's about to be wounded for our transgressions. He's about to be bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is about to be laid upon him. And his stripes are going to bring healing to our lives. And they have no idea that he's not going to be with them always. And they're so casual because they think church is always going to be here. They're so casual because they think having access to the presence of God will always be accessible. But with one virus, it can all be taken away. With one mandate from a governor, he can require all of it. Well, most of it. tax collector has become the soul collector. The fisherman has become the fishers of men. The physician has now become an alignment with the great physician. And they've seen him do the the feeding. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him raised from the dead. And now they're seated right beside a testimony. And they are so casual in their approach to the fact that Jesus is in the room that they don't recognize that Jesus is in the room. See, it's easy to be on fire for God when he's moving. But can you remain ablaze when you don't see him doing anything? See, the real test of faith is not following him while he's on fire. The real test of faith is can you stay on fire even when you don't see him doing anything? They've gotten so busy doing the work of the Lord that they've neglected the awesome privilege to be with the Lord of the work. As if being with Jesus is really no big deal. It's just church. Come on. It's just church. We're just going to church. Listen, if you came to a building, you missed the point. We're fighting for encounters here. And I don't want you to watch an encounter. I want you to have an encounter. But they've been there so long that being with Jesus is no big deal. Can you imagine if you found out Jesus was coming to your house? Let me tell you something. I am married to a woman that is crazy when company is coming over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, there is a level of demonic activity (laughs) that manifests in her life. I'm like, is that leeching? What in the world is going on? She will beat me. She will beat my children. She will beat the dog. She will beat the carpet. She's outside in the middle shaking rugs. And Jesus, and I'm thinking, God, if her head spins, I'm casting that devil out. 
She is so focused on cleanliness. And Lord, I just thank you for a clean wife. Because I don't know how I would deal with a dirty one. Thank you that she loves laundry. By faith in Jesus' name. We were driving home from the mountains. Uh, a couple years, it's been many years ago now. And we're going, we're, we're back on the backside, Dillard, Georgia, if you know that. We're coming home from Dillard, Georgia. It's a great little place to get away if you want to get away, away from everything. We're coming home, and it's this windy road, and it's unbelievable. And she gets very car sick. We stopped at least four or five times for her just to get out and puke all over the place. I mean, uh, just, she fed those raccoons. She did. <laughs> I mean, she fed every one of them, I'm sure of it. I mean, just every, it felt like every 10 minutes we were pulling over and she was just, Bleh. We get home and I'm unloading the car. And as I'm walking in the house with all the bags, because, you know, I'm a man, we only go one trip. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's only one trip. I ain't coming out here 15 times. Come on, it's a one trip thing. I got everything loaded up. We, we, it was a weekend getaway and I'm having to load up. That ain't my stuff, y'all. I'm loading up, and I'm walking, and all of a sudden I hear something goes, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This woman could not keep her head up. She's been puking her guts out. She, is she in the, she's in there vacuuming. I said, honey, what in the world are you doing? You've been sick this entire time. She said, I can't rest unless all these lines are in perfect order. And I thought, well, let the Lord have his way. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. I got the, I got the bags. <laughs> just, just vacuum until you're satisfied in Jesus' name. If we found out Jesus was coming, do you know how crazy it would be in my house? I don't know that anybody would be there except Jesus. I'm honest. I'm telling you the truth. I, I, I'm telling you, Jesus would, oh man, man, we would be vacuuming, we would be sweeping, we would be cleaning, we would be scrubbing, we would be washing baseboards, we would be cleaning blinds, we would bring out the china, we would not sit around the TV, we would actually use that dining room table in the dining room. Come on. And it would be absolute, and I would be grilling like a villain. Boom, 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 slinging it. And she'd be making all this stuff and me doing all, and, and all this stuff would happen because Jesus was coming in the house. That's not what was happening in the text. Jesus is here and it's no big deal. Ah, we'll just go to Bojangles. It'd be fine. Jesus is coming, we'll hit some Bojangles. No, I tell you what, let's don't hit Bojangles, let's go to Captain D's, because you know he can really do some crazy stuff with fish and biscuits. <laughs> we'll get him a couple fish sticks, we'll get him a few biscuits, and just, what, what if that's not enough? Listen, he works some magic with that stuff right there. <laughs> no big deal, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. It's no big deal. It's just church. I mean, it's just kids' ministry. I mean, I don't make a lot. It's just, it's just a few dollars of ties. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm watching. God knows my heart. How casual we have become. Ah, but there was a woman. 
who recognized Jesus was in the moment. And she had predetermined that if Jesus was going to be in the house and she was going to be in the house, then there was no way she was going to be satisfied just being part of the furniture. She decided that she was not going to be in the room of Jesus. She decided she was not just going to be in the house of Jesus. But the Bible says that she made her way through the congregation. She made her way through the place. She made her way past John. She made her way past James. She made her way past Judas. She made her way past Peter. She made her way past her sister Martha. She made her way past even the miracle in Lazarus. She said, I appreciate all of y'all being in the room, but I'm not here to be in your presence. I'm here to be in his presence. And just being a wallflower will not work for me. No, 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 no. He's been good to me and he's been so good to me I cannot be satisfied being in the room I can only find peace if I'm at his feet and the Bible says I love this lady this woman came ready to worship all the fellas all the disciples, all the important people decided that Jesus sat down so they ought to be able to sit too. But the one that was not supposed, as a matter of fact, the other gospel tells us she's a woman of ill repute. That she's got some stuff. She's got some drama. She's got some baggage. She's got some things in the community that the community found out about her. But she wasn't interested in what they thought about her. She was only interested in what she thought about him. She walked past Peter and said, excuse me, Peter. Uh, excuse me, James. Excuse me, John. Excuse me, Mark. Excuse me, Bartholomew. Excuse me, Lazarus. Excuse me, Mary. I mean, Martha. Excuse me, people. I came to be at the feet of the one that is worthy of my worship. And the Bible says... That when she got to the feet of Jesus, she took her alabaster box. Oh, you must understand what the alabaster box represented. For this box was three-dimensional. Number one, it represented the payments that came from her past. Mm-mm. Yeah, let me help you. She's a woman of ill repute. She was a hoochie. Y'all okay? She was a garden tool. That the only reason she had what she had was because she was willing to lay down and give what she was. And now she's stored all of the payments of her past in this alabaster box. Not only was it the payment of her past, but watch this. It was the provision of her present. 
In other words, if my car breaks down, I've got my Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University Emergency Fund that I don't have to worry that I can pay for said bills because, thank you, son, because I've got my emergency fund that if something goes wrong, if something happens, if something goes awry, I've got the, the, I got the provision for my present in case the drama gets too much. But not only the payment of her past, the provision of her present, but it is also, watch this, it is also the potential for her future. The Bible tells us that it was worth a one year's wage. And we get upset about tithing. What if the Lord told you to give your whole salary for the year? Then you'd really be upset. Come on. It was the payment of her past. It was the provision of her present. And it is the potential. If I take this and put it in a Roth IRA, I won't have to be at the front door of Walmart in my 70s. She took her past. She took her present and the potential for her future. And she brought it, watch this, to the feet of Jesus. Oh, God. And then the Bible says, watch this. She opened it. No, that's not scripture. She dabbed it. No, that's not scripture. The Bible says that she broke it. Broke it. See, most of us don't want to be broken, we want to be opened. Because as long as I'm open, I can control what I do. As long as he, I, I'm open, then I can control how far it goes. But when I'm broken, when my past is broken, when my present is broken, when my future is broken at the feet of the Jesus, hear me today, I'm prophesying to somebody who's going through difficult seasons. When your past and your present and your future is broken before the master, you don't ever have to worry about being broken again. Because if you'll break it at his feet, you'll never live another day broken by anyone else. She came in. She excused herself past all the people who were casual. And she came to the feet of Jesus to worship. And the Bible says she broke it and anointed his feet. Hold on. Worship precedes anointing. Hear me today, that if you ever want anointing to come into a room, there must first be a worshiper in the room. Oh, but she just didn't anoint the carpet. She didn't anoint the organ. She didn't anoint the table. No, she anointed the body. If the anointing of God is ever going to hit the body of Jesus again, if the anointing of God is ever going to hit the body of Christ again, it's because people have become intentional and premeditated to break their worship open before him. Oh, and I love this. Let me run to the end. You ready? She comes in, and she takes her value 
and breaks her value on him. In other words, what I value in me doesn't compare to what I value in you. My value, I break before you to show you your value. And then she did something strange, y'all. She came to his feet. She broke her oil on the body of Christ. And then she did something that I can't do. She let down her hair. My hair has let me down. But she let down her hair. Y'all laughed way too hard on that one. She let down her hair. And she began to wipe. She began to wash the one who washed her. You didn't hear me. She began to wash the one who had already washed her. She began to cleanse the one who had already cleansed her. She began to remove the dirt and debris of the one who had already removed the dirt and the debris in her. Oh, God. And she did it with her. The Bible tells us that a woman's hair is her glory. In other words, she took her glory and she put it at the lowest place on him. She didn't put her glory and put it on his head. She didn't take her glory and put it in his lap. She took her glory and said, the lowest place on you is the very place that my glory gets to be. My glory doesn't mean anything. Your glory means everything. I'll wipe the filth off of you. I'll wash the nastiness off of you because my glory means nothing. And your glory, it means everything. Somebody just give him glory right here. Somebody just give him glory. I dare you to let down your hair. I dare you to let down your comfort. I dare you to let down your standard. I dare you to let down your casualness and give him the glory that he deserves. She let down her hair. She let down her hair. She put her glory where it belonged, which was under his feet. She let her glory go down so that his glory could raise up. Huh? Oh, I found that in the scripture somewhere that says, He must, I must decrease so that he may increase in my life. Oh God, make us a church that doesn't boast in the glory of man, that doesn't boast in the abilities of man, but only makes boast of the glory and the righteousness of God in you alone, oh Lord. But I, I, can't, I can't not deal with the issue 
We've got to shoot the elephant in the room. You ready? Judas was there. There was a table. And she didn't know it. And Jesus did. That was even in the presence of her enemy. Here's a casual... hang around that's not there to do anything but criticize watch this let me help you the word Judas and the word Judah are the same word to translate the name Judah you will find it as praise to translate the name Judas you will also find as the name praise. What is the difference? One is there to give it, while the other is there to steal it. Be careful when the person says their name is Judah and you don't listen for the of the snake. He looked and he said, what is this? The betrayer prays, says, what is this? The one who is about to kiss him with a false kiss of worship says, what is this? You have to act like that? <laughs> one translation says, he looked at them and said, what? A waste let me help you worship is never wasted on Jesus worship is never wasted on Jesus being broken on Jesus is never wasted he'll never waste an ounce of your brokenness worship is never wasted on Jesus she said what he's done for me doesn't compare when you look at what I'm giving him. And Jesus said, I'm at the end now, verse 7. Leave her alone. In other words, this worship moment is received by me. Because she perceives something you have not perceived. There isn't a focus and an approach to me that you have become so casual and calloused in. Leave, let her alone. Huh. Today, I believe what God is asking you and me to do. Is break open some worship. I know we had music a few minutes ago. But just in case it didn't strike your fancy, just in case you came here to check the convenience box, just in case you're watching because that's the religious thing to do, just in case. Somewhere in the middle of this message, you got your awe back of who he is. I think 
it would be appropriate for you and for me to break open some worship. I think it would be in order not to be in the room, but to be at his feet. I think it would be permissible for us to magnify the Lord and exalt his name together. I don't know who's here today, but I believe that this is a moment where you and I ought to think of what we've been through, think of where we are, and think of where he's going, and break open a worship on the inside of our life. I dare somebody to give him some praise in the place today. all over the room I want you to think about your past look at everything you've been through look at everything let me say it another way he's brought you through that rejection that abuse that addiction that bondage that single family 
that single income and look at you still standing. Uh, other people would have been dead by now. Other, other people would have given up by now. And look at you standing here with your hands lifted. There are people that would have been in a funny farm. That have been locked up in level 13 of the hospital. They'd be on all kinds of medication. But God still got you. You're still faithful because he's still faithful. I dare you to give him a worship for what you've been through. I dare you to give him a praise for what it is that he's brought you out of. all over the room and I want you to think about the season you're in right now some of you are in a very trying season some of you are in a very good season some of you are in a very rough place some of you are in a very good place some of you are in a very broken place some of you God's been putting some things back together again for you some of you listen I heard the Lord remind me this week that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I'm not gonna wait till this day's over to praise him I'm gonna rejoice and be glad right in it I dare you to worship him right in your now moment in spite of what you feel in spite of what you feel in spite of what you feel bless the Lord at all times fill this place God I just want to be all over the room Psalm 27 13 this is your future tense you ready we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living you will see your son saved you will see your daughter saved you will see your finances okay you will see health in your body you will see oh god you will see your prodigals come home you will see breakthrough you will see deliverance i want you to borrow some praise from your future and give it to it
I was on my way home last night and it was about midnight there's a scripture in there it was about midnight last night and the Lord showed me something in this text that I didn't see until I saw it I was meditating on this message and the Lord showed me something that in the other Gospels Jesus says everywhere the gospel is preached you better bring up this lady for me to preach the gospel I don't have to talk about James I don't have to talk about John I don't have to talk about Peter I don't have to talk about Mark I don't have to talk about any of those guys but Jesus said what this woman did was so important and valuable that anywhere the gospel is given she better come up she's in the room with people that if they're going to preach Jesus they got to talk about the girl that they were talking about watch this she broke something and when she broke it it turned in her favor you didn't hear me when she broke it the situation broke to her good when she shifted God shifted his focus when she was willing to break it open, it was willing to be broken in her direction. To the point today, y'all, that in 2020, we're not having a conversation about a Peter or a Judas or a John. We're having a conversation about a woman of ill repute that had a history and a reputation but when she broke it at the feet of Jesus it all broke to her advantage what are you saying I'm saying if you will get out of the box if you get your worship out of your box if you if you'll break it open, he'll break it open in your favor. If you'll get out of your box, he'll make sure that the box gets full and overflowing. I dare somebody, I dare somebody to break it open in worship right now. I dare somebody to break open. Say, say sing this there's a breaking in my favor there's a shifting <laughs> in my direction <laughs> there's a breaking in my favor 
right there. Say, Somebody praise him right here. 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 If you need music, you have missed the point of praise. Somebody worship right here. Somebody worship right here. Somebody break it open in praise right here. Somebody break it open in worship right here. Somebody going into magnifying the Lord. We ask you right now, we ask you right now, let the fragrance of worship fill this place. Let the fragrance of worship, the fragrance of worship fill this place. Let the fragrance of worship, the fragrance of worship fill this place. Somebody magnify. Let the fragrance of worship fill this place. I hear the Lord saying, fight for my feet. Fight for my feet. Fight for my feet. Father, 
we let down our glory and we lift up your glory in this place. Be lifted high. Be exalted. We exalt you above pain. We exalt you above our circumstances. We exalt you above distractions. We exalt you above our addictions. We exalt you above our worries. We exalt you above our fears. We exalt you even above our convenience, God. Inhabit the praises of your people today, oh God. worship some more excuse me Tim I gotta worship excuse me Cheryl I gotta worship excuse me Sharon I gotta worship excuse me April I gotta worship <laughs> excuse me Jasmine I gotta worship excuse me Rita I gotta worship excuse me Kashana I need to worship Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We bless your name, we bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. heard the Lord say stop trying to glue back what I broke stop trying to piece back what I've allowed to be broken in you you know it was the story of the two fish and the five loaves when Jesus received that offering, he took it. 
He blessed it and then he broke it. It was blessed to be broken. Most people think that they're broken, they're not blessed. But most often you will be blessed to be broken. Why? Because when he breaks you, oh God, the more pieces you're in, the more he can give away in ministry. And I hear the Lord saying, the more I've allowed you to go through breaking is because the more expansive in ministry I want you to live in. And I'm going to give away all your broken pieces because you've been blessed to be broken. I don't know if that's scriptural. Well, to much is given, much is required. Father, thank you for this day. We rejoice, not after it, but we rejoice in it. We rejoice in this day. Holy Spirit, let the worship change the atmosphere in our lives. The oil that hit your feet created a fragrance for the whole house. I pray, Lord, that the oil that has been poured out on your body today would change the atmosphere, that we would carry it in our clothes. And that every place we go, like Ephesians 5, it will be a sweet aroma in the nostrils of you, O oh God. Let us carry your residue. Father, I ask you to let the worship that's been poured out get in the carpet, get in the concrete, get in the stage, get in the doors, get in the foyer, get in the kids' rooms, get in the middle school room, get in the tribe room, let it be in the gymnasium, let it be in the bathrooms. I pray that this fragrance would funnel every place in this house that is yours, oh God. That we will have the place or the capacity to smell somebody else's stinky situation because all we can smell is the fragrance of the oil that is on this house. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to let us not get so sophisticated that we become casual in encounters with you. But let this be an out-of-the-box worship place. Let this place be an out-of-the-box worship place. Let it make every religious person uncomfortable. Because worship breaks open in this, your house. We tear down every idol in the name of Jesus. We tear down every place that the enemy has tried to set up strongholds over your people in the name of Jesus. We pull it down in the name of Jesus. Now, great God that you are,
sons and daughters that are far from you into your presence. Let them become attracted to the move of your spirit with a reverential awe of your holiness. Let us raise this place to be a place that is holy because it is a place where you inhabit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody who's got any praise left, give it to him right now. If you got any left, give it to him right now. That's it. That's all you got left. I want you to leave on empty today. Let me bless you today before you leave. Deuteronomy 111. May the Lord, God of your fathers, may he increase you a thousand times more than what you are. And may he fulfill every promise that he has given you in the name of the Father, in the freedom that comes from the Son, and the power of the Spirit of God. We ask these things. Amen and amen and amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday for Bible study. If not, see you next Sunday, Lord.